picture in your mind the typical American truck driver. But don't close your eyes because I know some of you are on the road. Now, have you got an image in mind? How many of you pictured a white male trucker? I'm betting a lot of you did. Now that's okay, because we're gonna explore diversity in the trucking industry. Welcome to Eyes on the Road, presented by PrePass Safety Alliance, the provider of PrePass Way Station Bypass and Toll Payment Services. PrePass also includes informed software for improving safety scores and lowering toll-related costs. I'm Evan Lockridge. For a long time, white males were nearly the only people you saw driving trucks in the U.S., especially in long-haul service. However, over the past 20 to 30 years, we've seen many more people driving trucks, from racial and ethnic minorities and women to even those who are openly part of the LGBTQ community. The reason is simple. America has become a more diverse country. However, as more conversations about diversity, including race, have been taking place across the United States since the spring of 2020, those discussions have also been taking place in the trucking industry. There's an increasing feeling in trucking, whether you're talking about race, ethnicity, gender or sexual identification, religion, or even age, having a diverse workforce is not only the right thing to do, it's also good business. Joining me by phone to talk more about this is John Esparza, President and CEO of the Texas Trucking Association. He's also the past chair of the Board of Directors for Pre-Pass Safety Alliance. John, welcome to Eyes on the Road. Well, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Well, John, as head of the Texas Trucking Association and someone who is Hispanic, why do you believe diversity is important to trucking? Well, I thought about that when I was first asked to discuss this subject a couple of months ago. And my immediate response was, when you talk about diversity in the state of Texas, you start to think, okay, well, how many Anglo-Americans do we have within our company? Texas is a diverse state, so much so that we are a majority of minorities in Texas and have been for ample years now. 55% plus is the minority population. Hispanics make up, you know, we're here pushing 40% of that. So in short order, Hispanics will make up a majority of just the entire population of the state of Texas. So you can't be lost on any employer, and uh, most certainly the trucking industry, the transportation industry, that there is an appeal for the minority populations, uh, particularly Hispanic, and a growing appeal, for instance, to the segment of women in trucking that company owners are starting to see and pay attention to, especially with women in the workplace and women in our industry. For years and years, that was a very small percentage uh, relative to the rest of the working community, still is. But I can have spoke to a number of trucking company owners who have started to recognize that the more women they have in key roles, uh, whether that's driving or in management, they're starting to see numbers respond positively, and many are investing in growing the diversity of their companies and seeing a positive uh, return on that investment. Now, there may be some drivers or fleet people listening to this podcast who are wondering, why should they care about diversity in trucking? What do you say to these people? Well, honestly, they shouldn't care. Um, if they're doing a good job, it doesn't matter what their race, creed, 
religion you are, if you're doing a good job, hold me to that standard. That's one thing. Second, if there, if you're looking at your company and you see that it is not diverse, and that is a concern to you, that's a conversation with your leadership and say, hey, I happen to notice this. We all do like it or not, and, and I like it. Let, let's be more sensitive to the issues of the day. Because by the way, if anything, what we should learn and what we have, what our history tells us, you don't close the door on an issue. It's been around for a long time. I like to think it's improved. When I look at the laws and I look at the application of the laws going back for years in constitutional rights, I like to say today and like to think that they're more reflective of the environment today than they were 50 years ago. In cases where they're not, I think that's where you start to see that friction. I'm not going to speak for anybody but myself, but I do know this. Each individual has a right to feel the way they feel about the environment that they're in. And who am I to suggest that I'm in their shoes? But I can tell you as leaders and as leaders within this industry, uh, we do need to be sensitive to the fact that not everyone feels the same that I feel or that management may feel or ownership may feel about an issue. And if we're not listening to our employees, again, regardless of the issue, if we're not listening to those and not addressing them, then we're going to lose touch and, and, and you're going to lose loyalty. And then you're going to have a harder time managing your business. So diversity is good in a company environment, but it's not for me to tell you whether you need to be more sensitive or whether you should care most certainly, because that is an individual sport. I mean, I've got a dozen employees here, and I want to listen to each and every one of them about their concerns over the makeup of the office place, over what's happening in the environment today. And, and I get it. Some are, John, I'm good. I, I don't see a problem. Others are raise those concerns. And if you provide an environment, even when you think, hey, nobody's come to me and, and said, snitch about anything. But have you asked them, you know, maybe they, if you provide an environment for that conversation, there's a lot of social issues going on in this world today. It creates a lot of anxiety. Give your employees an environment to sit down and have a conversation. I can guarantee you, you'll come away with a better understanding of how people feel. You might be surprised at some underlying issues that you have that you didn't know existed prior to you asking that question. Well, John, how can different parts of the trucking industry, including drivers, fleets, and associations, improve diversity? I think one of the things that we can do is look at the makeup of your own company and ask that question independently. Go to the various races within your company, sit down with the women in your company and ask them that quick, put them together and say, look, we want to have a conversation about diversity in our workplace and we would like input. I, I think asking that question directly really kind of sets the tone and gives them an environment to go, oh, you know, I thought I didn't know this was on the table for conversation. I really do think it's about the culture of your company. Ask all the drivers, ask all the technicians, give them an, a, a vehicle to communicate with you and in a safe environment or yourself or whoever the designated management is over that individual. And sometimes you have to appoint someone that says, look, I want them to be comfortable having conversation. Um, you have to select the right person within your leadership team, whether that's correct in the uh, organizational chart or 
someone that you know has the respect of the folks in your office and say, look, I'm going to put a committee together on diversification uh, internally, and I want them to be able to discuss independently and filter effectively or be able to ascertain from these individuals, here are the top five things that I heard the most about. Offer them that protection. You know, maybe they don't want to speak to you and be that person that brings that issue up, but they do have those genuine concerns. That safe environment for that conversation, I think, is one of the best things that we can do and share. And then take some action items away from it. There has been a lot of attention in 2020 to issues involving race and societal changes. Many would argue that there has been progress in trucking when it comes to increasing diversity, and by that I mean more racial and ethnic minorities, women, even LGBTQ. But some of these same people also say much work still needs to be done, John. What are some of the things you're hearing from others in the trucking industry about areas where diversity needs to be improved? I put it in these terms, and this is not any, nobody said this. This is something that it seems to be a theme when I have this conversation with other folks in our industry about this. There's a line, there's a spectrum. And on one side of it is hate and on the other side is love. And this sounds so cliche, but, you know, we're just humans being, you know, humans doing. If we just loved one another more and shared more concern with each other, we'll spend more time on that end of the spectrum where the water is calm as opposed to the far end of the spectrum where the closer you get to hate, it just creates anxiety. I mean, there are negative things that come from this that are like a cancer in any office space, in any home, in any community that you have to address and you have to root out. We we have to do more. You're not going to avoid it. That's the thing. If we just kind of see it out there and and raise our nose to it and think, well, we're better and we don't, you know, we don't have that problem. Well, that's when you start having those problems. You think things are running smoothly. And you know, generational companies, just because a company started in 1940 or 1945 or 1932, and if they're third generation in and they're still around today or second or what have you, just because they have shown that success over the years doesn't mean they will continue to succeed. The environment changes. We, we are working and playing in a landscape that can constantly changes. It is never a guarantee that a third generation uh, or second generation or fourth generation is going to be successful if they do not adjust to that environment. In October, you were on a panel about diversity in the workforce as part of the American Trucking Association's virtual conference. The moderator cited some research about how important diversity is for millennials and Generation Z people when they decide what company to work for. Now, that same researcher also found that these younger generations believe a lot of companies pay lip service to diversity but aren't truly committed to creating inclusive cultures. Something you said on this panel spoke to this issue, and I quote, If you've got someone that's a problem, who's acidic, who is causing other people anxiety and strife, if you don't address that, it becomes a reflection on you as a leader. How we react when problems are brought to our doorstep says more about who we are than what we say, end quote. John, can you tell us a little bit more about this and why it's so important? Yeah, um, I can. If you got somebody in your office that's mean, if they're being ugly to people, especially if they're 
being ugly to folks based on their race don't tolerate that there's no there's no patience for that there should be no patience for that i know i wouldn't tolerate it any more than i would tolerate that coming from any of my three boys it is not acceptable and that's and i stand by that if you don't act then you're just like them and you have to ask yourself, do I want to portray that? Is that what I want to show my team is that I'm not willing to act when someone blatantly displays, whether that's racism or insensitivities of any kind? Uh, that's something you have to address and, and do so very visibly and vocally. I'm fortunate enough to have been raised by a wonderful mother and a wonderful father, and what they have instilled in me is absolutely how I would expect that their my grandparents instilled in them and great grandparents in them. But if there is prejudices that are passed down through any of that lineage, it is really upon us to identify that and go, you know what? Love grandma, love grandpa, love pop dad, mom, but that's not the way things are today. Now, you were one of five people that were on this diversity and trucking panel, which also included a veteran driver from one major carrier who is black, as well as a female fleet executive. What were your top takeaways from that discussion? I think one of the top takeaways is that uh, it brought confirmation to me, uh, first of all, that ATA had it. And I've been here 14 and a half years now, uh, 15 years actually now that I think about it. In all that time that I've been here, it's, it, this is the first time that I've seen that panel or had an in-depth conversation, and I know that has a lot to do with the environment that we're in today, but it goes to show you organizations such as ATA, such as Texas Trucking Association, individual companies, we all are raising the flag of concern about how we're addressing it, and as we should. You'll be diverse if you treat everyone equally, and I truly believe that if that is the spirit by which this industry stands itself up on, we're going to become organically more diverse because we're communicating to the rest of the world and the rest of the folks seeking employment that there is a place for you in this industry. And not only that, but that we're going to treat you as you should be treated as a human being and that we have, whether it's programs in place or ways to communicate any concerns you bring to the table about the way you're feeling and the way other people treat you within this work environment. I can only control what's in this building and in my own company, in my own association environment, and then you struggle doing that at times. I can't control what's outside of the curb out there on the street. Um, so when you come out there and you're exposed to those various concerns, I need you to be able to come here and feel protected and feel a comfort that what I fear for out, what I'm fearing out there on that beyond that curb that's on Fox News every day or wherever you get your, you know, on the internet, wherever you're getting that information, you need to be able to retreat to this. This is your nest. You need to be able to retreat here and feel safe, and and primarily feel that your concerns are listened to. And again, if you have anybody within that nest that's causing trouble, deal with it quickly. That is the best way that you can show that you are not just all hat, no cattle. You are going to do something about the concerns that are brought to you, and you're going to walk the walk and not just talk that talk. 
That is John Esparza, president and CEO of the Texas Trucking Association. You can find his group online at texastrucking.com. John, thanks very much for being here on Eyes on the Road. Thank you very much for having me, and, and congratulations. We appreciate you doing what you do. And that is all the time we have. Remember, you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast at prepass.com as well as through your favorite podcasting service. Also, you can follow Prepass on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. This has been Eyes on the Road presented by Prepass Safety Alliance. I'm Evan Lockridge. Thank you for listening, and remember to keep your eyes on the road.